Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast here today. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Joining me today, we have a very special guest, serial entrepreneur, Scott Nelson. I told him I'm going to call him serial entrepreneur because he's involved with all these cool companies and accelerators. And, uh, you know, without further ado, Scott, great to have you here. Yeah, Jared, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Um, you, there's two things that you mentioned, serial entrepreneur and special guest. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Love it. Um, well, let's let's have you comment on that a little bit in your yeah. if you don't mind giving us a little bit about your background. The serial entrepreneur piece will make sense to the audience once they hear what, you know, some of the things you're working on. Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll try to, I'll cut to the chase and try to be brief. So spent most of my uh, professional career in, in traditional med tech. Uh, so grew, grew up kind of in the, in the cardiovascular space, um, largely in commercial roles uh, up until about 2015. Uh, that's when I left Medtronic, uh, which probably most people uh, listening to this are, are familiar with. And really since, you know, over the past seven or eight years have been, have been largely involved with early stage, uh, early stage um, companies that, that still fall under the healthcare umbrella, but maybe not, aren't, aren't necessarily specific to cardiovascular. And so what I mean by that is I spent a little bit of time at a digital health startup based in London called Touch Surgery, which eventually exit, exited uh, to, to Medtronic. Had the pleasure of working with a, a couple uh, couple physicians, Dr. Jean Nime and Andre Chow there, who were brilliant. Um, and then started a direct-to-consumer health company called Juve. Uh, we were the first company to, to commercialize uh, uh, full body in-home red light therapy. So that was kind of an interesting, interesting, uh, you know, three or four years had a nice, nice run through that company, um, from scratch to about, uh, $22 million in top line revenue, uh, profitably. Um, and then really since about 2000, mid 2020, uh, have been focused a little bit more on traditional med tech again in the cardiovascular space, um, running fast wave medical, um, as, as the CEO and we're developing intravascular lithotripsy, uh, devices, uh, to treat uh, complex uh, calcium in in uh, peripheral and coronary arteries, and and let's dive into that a little bit a uh, little bit more. We're gonna, we're going to talk about a couple of the companies you're involved with, but I, I definitely want to to first highlight the fast wave medical. Mm-hmm. Um, where where are you at today? Um, what excites you about that business? Yeah, um, so. So I'll, I'll I'll start with uh, the, the the latter question, right, and and circle back around to where we're at today. Um, so what excites me most is 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 not only the team that I'm working with, which is exceptional, um, but I think I'm, what I'm probably most proud of is the speed at which we're executing, uh, which is very different than how most early stage medical device companies operate. It's a little bit more methodical, and I think everyone generally wants to optimize for speed, but we're actually we're actually doing that, and so that that's probably a couple things that really stand out. Uh, to me, and circling back around to kind of the origin stories of Fastwave, um, we started focusing on it as a group um, that uh, uh, that's that that I'm a part of, uh, which is Big Sky Biomedical, um, which is a, a med tech accelerator that largely focuses on interventional uh, device projects. Uh, we started looking at um, at the IVL or intravascular lithotripsy space back in late 2022. Um, based on a, co- a, co- a couple of different reasons why, but decided to pursue it with more rigor, spun it out as a standalone entity in early uh, early 21, uh, February of 2021, and successfully closed on a Series A within about six months of that. So kind of that July, August timeframe, so mid-2021. Mid, mid and really ever since then, have been head, heads down uh, developing uh, intravascular lithotripsy systems at a, at a, at a pretty rapid pace. So I've made, have made exceptional, exceptional progress over the past, you know, 15, 16 months across kind of all of the key functional areas that you're, that you're after in the early stage med tech startup, right? Uh, IP, um, of course your, your core, uh, device, uh, devices or device systems, 
um, you know, making sure that your regulatory and reimbursement paths um, are, are, are buttoned up, et cetera. So um, yeah, really, really, uh, really proud to be associated with a, a team that's not only um, exceptional um, in a lot of different ways, but is just moving at a, at a really rapid pace. One of the things I really wanted to make sure we talked about, Scott, having you on here, is you're involved with a couple of different businesses, right? You are a serial entrepreneur. I know a lot of entrepreneurs out there and just anyone else, they don't have to be an entrepreneur. Would love to hear some of your time management uh, advice, right? How, how are you working on these different businesses, staying focused? You know, What advice would you give people that... Uh, even if they're just working on one, but if they're working on multiple things, you know, what, what should they be doing? Yeah. And this is a, this is a good topic. And I think, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different productivity advice, right. Uh, in kind of the, the startup ecosystem. And I would say, I would probably point to a couple things that really stand out for me. And again, this is maybe more reflective of my, my personality. Um, but you know, perhaps it, it's helpful to, to those listening. So one thing is that don't get too caught up in, in a specific app, right. I'm a bit of an app junkie myself, and there's a wide range of productivity or project management, you know, apps that you can kind of, you know, use and to track and measure and, and produce, you know, uh, or to, to knock out various tasks or projects. Don't get stuck on the app. Just pick one and, and be consistent with it. Um, so don't chase after kind of the, the shiny new tool to use. Just be consistent uh, within something that works for you uh, personally. So that's that's number one. And then number two, I think what um, I just I'm a firm believer that um, you, you need to. Um, you need to do whatever you can uh, to block out distractions in order to do deep work. Um, and so what that means for me is that when I'm, you know, if I'm looking at my tasks for the day, right, that I've got queued up, if there are, if there are, if there are ones that are going to, you know, require, you know, an hour, two hours, et cetera, that, that type of like deeper, deeper work, I need to like shut down everything. I need to shut down Slack. I need to shut down email, uh, uh, put, you know, hit, uh, put my phone into silence. Right. And that's the, best way, you know, and you, you know, you know, once you come out of that, that deeper work for an hour or two or whatever, you'll be able to like, you know, can, you know, you'll be able to check on your email, you'll be able to catch up on Slack, et cetera. But I think I just like eliminating those distractions is, uh, is, is pretty crucial. So there's a couple things that I, I think have been, uh, you know, the standout or been particularly helpful, uh, you know, for me. For sure. Checking email, you can go down that rabbit hole and then 30 minutes to an hour is gone. Right. Totally. Um, yeah. It's, uh, and then just thinking you have a new email can add another five minutes on there, right? Did someone email me back? So that, that has to be eliminated or limited as much as possible for sure. Um, yeah. And it's just a distraction, right? From a mindshare perspective too. You know what I mean? If you're constantly like, if there's, if there's constant inbound all the time, you're just, it's just really hard to like make any sort of measurable or, or uh, solid progress on a certain initiative, right? If you're if you're if, if you've got so much inbound, right? That's just distracting, and so, and you're and you're and you're you're dead right. I mean, it's so easy to get lost in email, and then boom, twenty minutes is gone, thirty minutes is gone, et cetera. So yeah, I uh, totally agree with that. One other thing I wanted to to cover with you here today was one of your one of your businesses, uh, an accelerator, which we'd love to hear more about. And I would also like uh, after you're done kind of giving us the highlights of it. Why do medical device accelerators make sense for, for entrepreneurs? Would love to hear that from you. Yeah. And I I think probably most of the people listening are familiar of like, you know, have some sort of level of familiarity with, you know, incubators, accelerators, et cetera. And I wouldn't say, um, you know, 
they, they, they can work and they, 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 they can't, right? I mean, it, it kind of, it largely depends on kind of the, um, you know, the, the, the framework and wh what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and so, and, and I'll try to be a little bit more pragmatic or specific to, to, to Big Sky. And so what I mean by that is um, with the group that I'm involved with at Big Sky, which I mentioned previously, that's the, that's the accelerator that we, um, uh, that we spun out Fastwave uh, out of. Um, we're, we're very focused on a couple, a couple key things, right? And so I think that that's, what's sort of paramount for any sort of incubator or accelerator to work is, is, is focus and being able to say no to a lot of other, other, other projects that, you know, uh, that, that come, come across the desk. And so with Big Sky, we're, uh, almost exclusively focused on interventional, uh, devices, right. In the, in the broader vascular space, that's our wheelhouse. That's what we understand the best, right. It's not like we're going to, we're not going to take on an orthopedic project. We're not going to take on a, you know, um, a project in some other therapeutic arena. Not that those don't make sense. It's just, that's not our wheelhouse. Right. So again, having, having a very specific focus on kind of what you, what you know best. Uh, and then two, uh, the projects that we evaluate, um, if they don't fit, if they don't check certain boxes, we just don't even consider them. And those boxes are largely centered around, the reg, the regulatory and reimbursement pathway. And so if, if we're looking at a project and it's gonna require a significant clinical lift, right? Clinical affairs lift is gonna require, you know, more of a PMA type of reg, reg pathway. We typically won't get involved, right? Cause that's going to, that's going, what that, what that means is typically multiple rounds of capital that need to be raised um, um, over an extended period of time, seven to 10 years, you know, usually. Um, and that's, that's, that's a solid pathway, but it's not, it's not the one that, you know, that, that we're focused on. And so we typically like to take on projects that have, um, have, have a lot more, um, shorter duration, right? So instead of like seven to 10 years, it's more like maybe three to five, potentially even shorter. Right. And, and what that means is that the, the regulatory path is much more clear and much more straight, straightforward. Uh, and there's, uh, the, the reimbursement roadmap is also very clear. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's project that's not going to require the development of a new CPT code and endless amounts of data to convince payers to cover and reimburse the, the device or the, or the product. And so, uh, you know, those boxes need to be checked before we, 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 you know, even, even remotely consider taking out a project. So it's, those are kind of the, 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 the two key areas or the two key kind of, you know, uh, things that, that we're very, very focused on within Big Sky. And I think that that's needed, right, for an, any type of incubator, accelerator, venture studio to, to, to work on is, is a focus on what, you, what you're good at and then, you know, what maybe you are either not good at or don't necessarily want to have the bandwidth to take, to take on. What, what does your med tech outlook look like, Scott, over, let's say, the rest of 2023 heading into 2024? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's that's a little bit of a more of a, sh a, sh a shorter a shorter time window, um, but I, but I would think these 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 tr the trends that I was going to mention probably hold true. Um, and I think there's there's two things that stand out. Is one, um, there's an absolute burgeoning you know uh, direct to consumer um, kind of wave, right? It's it's been here for a while, but for those that um, that don't think. Um, the, the trend will continue. I, I would just would disagree with that. I think I think it's here to stay. And and what I mean by that is as um, as insurance gets more and more expensive, right? Even if you're even if even if you're part of you know you you work for an employer that largely you know offers that as a benefit, it's still getting more and more expensive. And um, I think we're also seeing a trend where um, more people are leaving kind of that full time W two type of type of work and and you know uh, moving on to um, you know consult you know remote gigs, consulting gigs, um, and are looking for, you know, you know, have to, have to, you know, utilize a different kind of insurance, you know, pathway. And so 
net net on that is um, insurance is getting more expensive regardless of that avenue um, or regardless kind of a, of your work capacity. And so more people are paying attention to kind of, you know, cost and, uh, and what they're, what they're, what they're paying for. And so they're, they're basically being, you know, the, 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 the natural result of that is, you know, consumers are largely going to become more proactive and continue to be more proactive about what they're paying for, what things cost, et cetera, within, the, within the healthcare uh, ecosystem. And so I think that trend's here to stay. And I think it, we're only going to see more of it. So if, if you're, if you don't have kind of, if you're working in a healthcare company, regardless of whether it's biotech, med tech, et cetera, um, you need to, you need to be thinking about that um, for sure. And I think, I think um, this, my, my second answer is probably a little bit more specific to, to med, med, med device and med tech. But I just think um, with most entrepreneurs that are working in this arena, not, not to say that there's not a path, a traditional path forward for like very novel uh, uh, therapeutics or very novel devices that require more of a PMA type of regulatory path with a very significant clinical lift and, you know, a, a, a huge, you know, major hurdles to cross when it comes to reimbursement. That's a, that's a, that's a tried and true path. But I think that the greater opportunity is for, you know, smaller projects, maybe with not as maybe high of a, of a, of an outcome, right? So instead of maybe a, $500 million exit to a J and J or Medtronic or Boston scientific, you know, there's, I think there's a lot more room to play with um, being capital efficient, limiting the, the amount of money you're raising, but, you know, being, being okay with a moderate, moderate exit, right. A, a $30 million exit, a $50 million exit, something that's a little bit more um, uh, you know, strategics have a little bit more stronger appetite for can tuck it in easier. doesn't impact EPS, um, et cetera. So I think that, that is a, a, a trend that I, I believe we'll, we'll see, you know, in, in the, um, not only the near term, but I think the, the long term as well. Well, Scott, I look forward to, to staying in touch with you and, and kind of continuing to hear your outlook on, on this space and then also just hearing what you're up to. So thank you once again for, for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Jared. I really appreciate it.